0: And Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat at the last line of defence, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. He was
1: absolutely knocked back into that swing by Atwood. Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the outside.
0: Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel, I'm in the hosting chair today and whilst Bath seem to be getting all their boys back for the Crux late season games, all of my Bath friends seem to be leaving. Just me in the studio today but luckily for you listeners, as much as I might like it, it isn't a one person monologue. I am joined down the line by fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, mate. Yeah, nice to uh, nice to be back on the podcast
1: after a couple of weeks. Um, shout out to to Matt Hardy, who I thought did a really good job on the podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I'm back now, so uh, some actual analysis um, <laughs> instead of just uh,
0: uh, random uh, sort of rambles from uh, you and Charlie last week. <laughs> Quick question for you, Tom. Are we going to be seeing a, a Benno urbano S comeback straight back with a bang? Or will we see, perhaps, a Talupi falatao S comeback back with a bang but quickly away? What's your well, What's your comeback don't, plan? Don't speak too soon about Benno. He's only played a couple of games, <laughs> so uh, touch
1: wood. He, uh, uh, it's more of a Benno Urbano comeback straight in the England squad off to Japan for the World
0: Cup. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed for both those things. Anyway... Um, Let's get into the podcast. And firstly, um, well, I guess apologies for coming to you slightly later than we normally do. Uh, We like to to preview, uh, to review, sorry, the weekend's action. But as there was no uh, Bath game last weekend, We thought we'd mix it up slightly and come to you with a little uh, preview, I'll get those right in a second, a preview of the Exeter game at Sandy Park on Saturday. So hopefully you're listening to this either on your way to Sandy Park or, or just before the game on Sunday, sorry, on your way to Sandy Park or just before the game, which is live on BT Sport. And what that does give us the opportunity to do is talk a little bit about the teams because normally the teams aren't announced for the upcoming game. But luckily for us, um, the teams have been announced. And Tom, I'll come to you. And what was your initial reaction to the Bath team that was announced? Well, yeah, just, just firstly to echo what you're saying, it's nice um, to actually have the
1: teams in front of us so that we, uh, we're not making the, the wild predictions that we, uh, hmm. we usually make on, um, on the Monday night when we normally record. But um, we'll probably still be miles away with our... Our predictions, but um, yeah, my reaction, Gee, was to be honest, what a strong set of teams. I think we were a little bit skeptical, um, you know, we potentially thought this would be an opportunity to play a slightly weaker Exeter side, but um, anything but. They've had um, all their internationals um, come back, and you know, we've spoken before about how Exeter maybe aren't or haven't been in the past as um, sort of weakened by internationals. But just looking down the twenty-three. Particularly, I think adding Henry Slade and Jack Now um, into the thirteen and fourteen uh, shirts, respectively, just makes their team a lot stronger and uh, it gives their team a lot of backbone. So yeah, very uh, strong teams all round, and
0: um, yeah, matchups all over the field, as I'm sure, as I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I, th- I think their team is really strong, as our team is, and, and not to dwell on them them too much, but I do think the fact that they missed out on the on the Champions Cup quarterfinals meant that allows them to play a really strong team in this fixture because if they say had to go to to Leinster away or, or or somewhere like that next week they may perhaps be tempted to to rest their international guys this week so to give them uh week break but because they're they're out of that competition like Bath are it means all guns blazing for for both sides um any surprises for you Tom from the Bath team um
1: not really to be honest I think I'm slightly surprised at the speed um, at which Tom Ellis has come back from his injury. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he hurt his elbow against in the in the fateful uh, 100-minute game um, at Six Ways um, back in January. And he seems to have recovered remarkably quickly. Obviously, he was on the bench against Saracens. We were potentially a bit concerned that he'd been rushed back um, in the absence of, um, sort of uh, much cover in the back row um, with all the injuries we've had. But he seems to be um, fully fit and firing, and it's great to see him um, starting in, in, the, in the 6 shirt, The other guy um, in that back row, obviously coming back into the 23, um, is the Orc himself, Sam Underhill. Uh, <laughs> fantastic um, for him to uh, uh, get back out playing. I'm sure he'll be um, wanting to make his mark in, uh, against what's a strong extra back row as well.
0: Yeah, I think not just uh, sort of making his mark against what is a strong extra back row as you say but also making his mark um given the performances the excellent performances I think of of Tom of Tom Curry in the in the Six Nations that seven shirt now between those two guys and obviously Curry's brother Ben as well um a really sort of uh, strong position looking forward for England and with that World Cup only six um Premiership games away now Underhill needs to put in six really strong performances to to sort of let Eddie Jones know he's back to his best because lest we forget just before Underhill picked up th- this injury he was tearing up trees against um, against uh, New Zealand in an England shirt so uh, yeah fingers crossed that Underhill can stay fit get back into that um, back row for Bath because that's not going to be yeah. an easy thing yeah. go on.
1: That's what I was gonna say. Just like even just the competition um, at, at, at the club is is quite incredible. Tom Ellis obviously coming back. Francois Lowe, who's been in great form. Zach Mercer obviously. Falital, um is out injured. Club captain um, Matt Garvey, although it looks like he he probably won't play again this season. So we, we've said it hundreds of times on this podcast. The strength in, in depth um, in the back row is absolutely phenomenal, and it it just drives competition, which ultimately um, you know m- makes the players better. So I think the first thing on. Uh, on, on Underhill's mind would just be to, to get back in that that seven shirt and uh, probably push Francois Lowe to, to six or even number eight, where we have seen him play
0: this season. Yeah, I, I think I read an article, actually, uh, an interview with Sam Underhill, and, and his focus did seem to be purely on all things blue, black and white, which is obviously, as a Bath fan first, great to hear. Um, and, and he can't be thinking about the World Cup. He needs to get himself back into that congested Bath side um, and then push, um, push his performances up. The only other uh, selection sort of area which I um, was slightly sort of interested to see, and and I am quite happy with the uh, the selection they've gone with, and that's in the second row, Yule's um, and Stook partnering each other uh, in the second row, and I, I think there was a bit of chat that perhaps Luke Chartres would would come back into the side, and we've spoken before about. Um, Charter's ability, especially in the line out, uh, thinking of games like the the Newcastle game where, where he was a particular focus for our line out ball. Um and, and Charter's has been really good for us this season, don't get me wrong, but I'm really happy to see Stuke and Yules in the four and five shirt for Bath because, you know, we speak about England, um, England competition for places and, and Charlie Yules has been in that England squad, uh, but not necessarily starting for Bath. So yeah. he needs to put down a, a, a marker. Yeah, both of them been involved, and, and, and a lot of England guys on show, and it's the Sunday, so I, I imagine the England coaching staff will be there, so an opportunity for those guys, you know, whilst sort of obviously working together as a team, you know, a really good opportunity for the England coaches to see them side by side and really evaluate them um, in that way. Let's look yeah. now. Gee, it, 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 it almost
1: just it Almost feels like a lot of the selections almost sort of looking to the future a little bit more. Mm. Um, you know, you talk about the second row. Obviously, Dave Atwood's injured, but he's, he's obviously um, uh, off to Ashton Gate next season, um, sadly. Luke Chartres, as well, you mentioned. And on the bench is uh, Levi Douglas. Um, so, so, with those two guys starting, Douglas on the bench, that seems like a very young, um, promising um, second row. And, you know, it, it, it's the same in the back row, really. Obviously, we mentioned Tom Ellis. Um, we should also say, um, not so young, but uh, Francois Lowe, um, who, who obviously mm. extended his contract. were absolutely fantastic. News that was starts at seven. So, you know, this is a pack with Zap Mercer at eight and the front row unchanged again that I think we could um, see starting to become a really solid front eight consistent and obviously these guys are all committed to the club for, for seasons to come so um, yeah that consistency can only be
0: can only be good um, in the long term. Yeah you, you mentioned Francois well, Lowe there Tom and, and definitely going to talk a little bit about that contract news slightly later on in the podcast as you say really really brilliant news but let's move now to the front row and, and I'll come to you here as that is your, your well known area of expertise and, and, and more consistency for Bath in the front row which is absolutely fantastic to see. Beno Urbano still can't get in that first team above Nathan Cat Tom, and that, that consistency and that area looks really strong to me. Is that an area where we can get the upper hand on Sunday? I think I think it's gonna be a difficult one. I, I um you know a
1: bit of a broken record, but I think the key area um on Sunday will be the set piece. And um, the is gonna be really important. We mentioned the second row guys there, but also also the scrum. And I think obviously we, we've spoken about this front row of cat. Uh, done Thomas, you know, many times, and they've been really consistently good. I think, particularly, um, Nathan Catt, um of late. And they're up against, um, you know, a, a decent front row. Um, Alec Hepburn's obviously been an England shirt. Jack Yendall was um, a very experienced hooker and, and, and leader, and Harry Williams has obviously been involved with England as well. I, I do think um, potentially that is an area where, you know, maybe at scrum time where, where we can get the edge, but obviously, you know, it is difficult to tell. My concern potentially is on that bench. Um, so, mm. obviously, Exeter welcoming back their internationals, um, not just Slade and now, but also Cowan Dickey, um, who's, who's on the bench and obviously uh, played for England in the Six Nations, and also Thomas Francis, who you know, was starting for Wales in, in, I think, every game in the Six Nations. And he is a player that has come on absolute leaps and bounds um, in recent season from really just being um, someone who puts his head down the push and pushes in the scrum. To um, now a quality operator, you know, you're seeing some of offload and offloading and carrying with the ball. Um, so yeah, really key role actually, I think, and, and probably the first acid test for Benno um, will be coming on in that loose head shirt and uh, contending with a guy who is a is a fearsome scrummager and has also um, just been in the heat of, of of test match rugby for eight weeks.
0: Yeah, a good opportunity for Benno to to prove to the England England coaches um that he is sort of up to the standard of those guys who have been playing in as you say in and around the England squad and Francis in and around the, the Wales squad. So yeah, great opportunity for Benno and and you you you've touched there on on the front row. So I'll sort of turn to my expertise now and we'll move into the backs and the half backs and um and this is key, obviously, the halfbacks are always key. And I think we're going to go through the whole team here and sort of say how each position is key. But that's Premiership rugby at the moment. It's so tight and it's so and every sort of inch is so important um, to use a cliche, which I'm sure Charlie would be proud of. But the halfbacks are going to be key and and, and especially I'm thinking of, of Will Chudley going back to his old club where he had a lot of success in. Um, as club, well not as club captain, but as captain on the day for Bath, is it's going to be a fantastic occasion for him. But I really hope it doesn't get to him. And I really hope he sort of rises to that and, and has a fantastic game, and perhaps shows uh, Rob Baxter and the the extra backroom staff that they may have made a, a slight mistake letting him go to the blue, black, and white.
1: Yeah, completely agree. And I think. You know, you say he hopes he doesn't lose his head. I think he is the kind of character to so not let the occasion get to him um, to keep his head, as he has done um, all season, and be that sort of calming influence and that, that, that calm voice in terms of the decision-making on the pitch. And, you know, another area where the halfbacks are very, very well-matched a lot of experience um, in those two pairings obviously with Priestland um, and, 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 and Rob Baxter opting for the experience of, of Gareth Steenson over the sort of more flamboyancy of, uh, of, uh, uh, of Joe Simmons on the bench so that's going to be very interesting and whoever can control um, the kicking game that territorial battle both from the box kick um, and also from from managing the game at ten, I think that's gonna go a long way into putting those big forwards in the right area of the pitch and and, and, and winning the game.
0: Yeah, before we sort of um, before we sort of go through the rest of the backs now and, and, and highlight all of uh, the matchups there, perhaps you'd like to pick out one matchup in the backs where where you think the game might be won or lost.
1: Before I do it, I was just gonna ask you, so if you if you could have either set of half backs um, so Chudley or Priestland or White
0: um, and Steenson, which 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 do you go for and, and why? Which would I? Um, I I probably go. You know, this pains me to say, but I would probably go White and Steenson. Actually, um, both very similar as you say, but I do think that that extra sort of evaluated um, Chudley and White's done very well since he's gone in there, and 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 Steenson. You know, whilst Priestland does have an awful lot of experience at Premiership level, in when when it gets down to these really crunch games, Steenson's proved in the past, perhaps above um, what Priestland has been able to do, that he can sort of manage the game really well. And, and he was pivotal in that season that they that they won the Premiership. What what would you go for? Okay, well,
1: I was going to say? Let, let me ask you. Uh, let uh, my opinion is relevant when it comes to uh, <laughs> uh, halfbacks, as you know. But let, let me ask you a different question then. White and Steenson. Or, or Chudley and Cipriani.
0: <laughs> you know I'm going yeah. with this. <laughs> yeah, I I do have an inkling of where you're going with this, but um, go on. Well, I was just going to say,
1: obviously, loads of rumours um floating around about about the fly half, which I think we probably should ad- address quickly. I hmm. mean, I probably agree with you on the on the White Steenson point, but yeah, Cipriani is an absolute game changer um, as as uh, Gloucester have have uh, found out this season, and I think um, you know. I think that's what we're missing in this team is the point I'm trying to get to. If I look down that team, there's a lot of quality, particularly in the pack, but also out wide. Some of the talent out wide, um, McConaughey, Kock and, and Homer. and um, Homer, starting in a really dangerous back three. Obviously, um, JJ in the 13 team shirt. It's, it is a really, really star-studded team. And I think just in that fly-half shirt is the one area where I think it's such a key
0: position. And I don't necessarily think we've got the quality of the other teams, and that's potentially why um, wh- why are we missing out and why are we are you not know, finding ourselves in a position like Gloucester um, in the premiership table at the moment yeah and, and why as well we seem to we seem sort of um, all guns blazing um, to, to try and find our, our fly half and, and hence so many rumours uh, we've heard about Pollard we've heard about Cruden, we've heard about Anscombe now we're hearing about Cipriani we're also hearing that perhaps Priestland might stay on for another year so I think you're absolutely spot on Tom and I think that sort of search um, for the fly half, um, it it is something that, that that the Bath backroom staff, especially, i thinking of uh, Bruce Craig and, and and the scouts and and and, and McDonald and those are really sort of focusing all their attention on and and I think I uh, you know there's a there's a quote, very uh, well known quote from from the NFL, um, which which refers to about quarterbacks, um, and and whilst I completely accept that the quarterback has much more influence in a in a game of NFL than a fly half does. In rugby, they they sort of have similarities in their influence and and sort of in the way they play and 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 the NFL saying so goes. Your um, your search for a quarterback will consume you until you find one, and that kind of feels um, kind of feels a little bit how uh, that kind of sort of for me shows a little bit how Bath um, sort of. Feel at the moment that they're, they're really searching for that answer at fly half, and I don't think we've had it since since Ford left, un- unfortunately. Yeah, Stephen Donald, uh, big boots to fill, mm. um, certainly, and I'm sure the search will continue until uh, the likes of uh, Stephen Donald um, comes to comes to comes to the wreck again. Yeah. Uh, but- be c- Sorry, go, I went off a tangent. Then should we, uh, should we talk about centres? Yeah. So, so pick one other match up in the backs, which you think is going to okay. be pivotal.
1: Well, I, I was just going to mention. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's seen the teams, but the centre pairing's pretty exciting. So, um, Roberts or Joseph? Oh no, Jovert, Sorry. Or um, <laughs> I've, I've really screwed that up. But yeah, Robert <laughs> and Joseph uh, for Bath, and obviously ex-Bath man Oli Devoto and England man Henry Slade. And that is a really Pasty matchup. I think in particular in that 13 shirt, um, obviously Jonathan Joseph and Henry Slade, and, and we speak we speak about um, England eyes on this game, obviously with only a few games now, six games left in the Premiership um, uh, being a World Cup year um, that is a really important uh, matchup to win for, for from Jonathan Joseph's um, perspective he, it, it's a big day for him and um, you know, hopefully he can put in a good performance and uh, show Eddie Jones um, and everyone else um, the player that, that we know he is, G.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. The centres, again, like all of the matchups across the pitch, the centres look absolutely tantalising. God, this is really wetting my appetite for what is going to be such an exciting and an entertaining game at Sandy Park on Sunday. I'm, I'm really jealous of everyone going. It's a sellout at Sandy Park, and and yeah, a Sunday game, uh, maybe nursing a couple of hangovers, and a really good opportunity to hopefully uh, see a Bath win. But as we say, a, a really tasty matchup. Tasty matchups all across the field. Um, going to be an absolute cracker, Tom. On paper, G. I, I have to
1: say, I looked down these teams. I know, um, obviously, we've been um, starved of international uh, players playing in the Premiership over over recent weeks. But I looked down the teams um, uh, this afternoon, and they are two very, very good teams on paper. Absolute quality teams on paper, um, both of them. Unfortunately, though, on grass. Um, Exeter are consistently good and live after um, how good they are on paper and Bath just haven't on so many occasions this season so that's the worry for me to be honest like we talk about all this quality and then often um, it doesn't quite deliver on the day so massive day um, for the season and and, you know Exeter will be looking to make a bit of a mark here as you said they're not involved um, in top flight Europe so that'll be weighing on their minds they're obviously top of the league and um, I know it's sort of academic but just symbolically if they win this game Um, it's then mathematically impossible for them not to finish in the top four so um, yeah they'll be looking to put a big performance on um, at Sunday Park as you say in front of a packed um, crowd against um, you know I think they see us as local rivals they've not been in the premiership
0: long enough for us to see (laughs) as rivals but um, yeah it's an important game for them (laughs) (laughs) well if you say Bath uh, struggles so much on grass when we look so good on paper then maybe the solution is to have a plastic pitch at this new stadium and and see how we get on pictures are going all sorts of materials it it, it could be the next thing to be fair though uh, our record at at grounds like Newcastle and Worcester and Saracens in recent seasons that's been great either so we're not great on paper we are great on paper but not so good on grass or on plastic if I was to push you Tom one area you think where this game is going to be won or lost you mentioned the set piece is there any other area where you think if we can get the upper hand there then we have a chance a good chance of coming out on top
1: so for me one area where we've 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 not been good, but I think we have been better when Reece Priestland and Will Chudley have been playing. And I sort of alluded to it earlier. And that's just about playing in the right areas of the field. We I've spoken so many times, I've moaned so many times this season about us messing around with the ball on our own um, on our own 10 metre line, even anywhere within our half, um, and, and we lose the ball, we give away a penalty, and sometimes you can get away with it. But against um, top sides, particularly. Um, aside with such a strong rolling maul game, they will just kick you um, kick kicking kick the ball into the corner and just maul you till the cows come home. So that that for me is a real issue. We need to make sure that we're playing in the right areas of the field and then we can try and show the ambition that clearly um Gervin Dempsey is 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 trying to feed through um, into our attacking play. So yeah for me halfbacks, as I said, absolutely key and um, whoever can sort of control um, that territorial, Um, uh, sort of battle during the game will I think um, be be able to let their sort of pack dominate and also sort of let those uh, more sort of flamboyant backs out wide um, play on either side
0: yeah a part of that, an absolutely crucial part of of playing in the right areas is discipline. And I think that is something which has improved in our game as the season's gone on. It's, it's still not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But I think it has started to improve. And, and when you go to places like Exeter especially, I always think, especially when they're playing uh, the sort of dual kicking threat of Steenson and Slade, right and left boot from penalties, they can pin you back. And, and, and we've seen countless times that, that their rolling mall is, is probably well, definitely, in my opinion, the best in the country. We just can't allow them to sort of start fast, get a couple of tries from, from rolling balls or from pick and goes and and sort of the game be done, um, like, at half-time, which it has been on a couple of occasions. We've we've been to Sandy Park in recent years. We just haven't sort of thrown a punch, which has been massively, massively disappointing. So, um, yeah, discipline an absolutely crucial part to, to that playing in the right areas.
1: Yeah, I mean, it used to be sort of... Uh is a uh, sort of speciality, giving away um, penalties at the breakdown. But he seems to have, have calmed down a bit. And it, it's just that experience, um, I think, of, of guys like who now have been around the Premiership long enough. They've been around Premiership referees long enough to know what they can get away with. Um, so they're playing right on the edge of the law. But um, Exeter are a team that are very, very disciplined um, generally and just don't give you that free... Um, field position that often um you know particularly the less experienced guys within the bath ranks um have been guilty of. So yeah, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. One point one point I was gonna make, um G, just, just mm. about X. I mean No is, is a slightly different um team uh, to, to that's been playing recently, but they're not in sort of the best of form recently. Obviously um we, we spoke about how we uh, struggled um, at six ways. They scraped past um Worcester thirty three points to thirty. Um, at Six Ways a couple of weeks ago so I think potentially this is a pretty good um, time to play them actually and yeah, they're not particularly high on confidence obviously these guys won't really have um, trained together much over the over the last couple of months I don't imagine um, the England guys have had a particularly full week of training albeit you know it's a Sunday game so they, they'll have that extra day so I think if we can come out if we can come out make a good start play in the right areas and, and try and um you know, make this pack dominance that we always talk about uh,
0: start to start to tell, then we could um potentially uh, cause an upset here, mate. Yeah, oh wow, you know me, I, I I always believe we can cause an upset wherever we go. And 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 I think just going back slightly on the point we were talking about before and and the battle of the, the discipline and the territory and, and that sort of leads on to to the area where I think the game will be won and lost and, and that's the back row. I look at our back row and we've spoken that Underhill will be coming off the bench, but we just look at who's starting, you know, Low, Ellis, Mercer, that's brilliant. Three really, really top quality players. And and on their side, Armand, Dave Ewers and Matt Kovacic, you know, break down threats across, across the park, carrying threats across the park, line out threats across the park. That's six really versatile back row guys. And I think that's where the game is going to be won and lost, because that will determine, you know, the penalty count. Often the back row is very determined in that. Um, and that'll determine the field position as you say. And I think that is so important at a place like Sandy Park. So fingers crossed, we can get a, a really strong sort of sixty minute performance out of all three of those, and then unleash the the org, as you call him, Tom, Sam Underhill off the bench to sort of stamp his authority on the game uh, uh, and see us home. So so fingers yeah. crossed it'll work out like that. Back I really enjoyed
1: the selection, actually, this week um, in the back row. You know, well when you talk about a back row as a collective, it's, it's, it's all about um, balance. And I think we've got a really nice balance in that back row. Obviously, Tom Ellis um, doing all the sort of hard stuff for tackling. Um, the work around the fringe is often sort of slightly more of a second row work, obviously. Um, he, he's involved in the line-out as well. Then Francois Lowe, who um, is just an absolute demon at the breakdown. And then, you know, that just allows that mercer, basically, to, to have to do less of the sort of... Um, you know you know, the tackling stuff that Tom Ellis will do and less of the breakdown stuff which maybe aren't the Aren't the, aren't the fortes um, of his game it just frees up him to, to play in the way that we know he can and um, yeah I, I, I think that's an area where
0: where certainly we've got the edge but um, as I say we'll have to see and a lot will depend on sort of Carl Dixon's um, mm. interpretation
1: of, of the breakdown and interpretation of the game
0: Yeah I completely agree and another thing that's that's going to free up Zach Mercer is perhaps the wider channels be slightly less congested now Elliot really, Stooped move back into the second row uh, Zach Mercer will be able to free to roam out there um, and And when he pleases. I'm not sure how well Elliot would get on uh, Santiago
1: Cordera. I think he's beaten more um, um, this season than any other player in the least, some player, uh, uh, um, and and Big Joe and and Tom Homes. Homer and the Battery are definitely going to have their, have their work cut out, I
0: think. Yeah, so we've officially named all 30 players um, starting on Saturday. But I think that just sums it's up... It's a pretty detailed preview there. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we promised ourselves um, before we started recording this would be a, um, a short podcast. But to be honest with you, mate, I could talk about this all day with you. I'm really enjoying it, but unfortunately, um, we can't. Just before we go, Tom, um, let's, uh, as I always say, pin our colours to the blue, black, and white mast, um, and give a little prediction on what's going to happen on Sunday afternoon.
1: I, I think this will be um, a step too far. Unfortunately, I, I was, I was, I was really spirited to see the quality of the, of the side that Bath had selected um, when the teams are announced, and then I sort of looked at the extra team and I, I sort of. Um, my spirit sort of um, uh, I felt a bit deflated shall we say because they've got so much quality coming back both sort of in the 15 as we've said but also um, I think four um, internationals coming back um, on the bench obviously Sam Skinner um, as well who's involved with Scotland um, so yeah they, they are a very very quality 23 um, and I think at Sandy Park um, we, we, you know, with a sellout as well I think maybe their experience um, might just be a little bit too much. That said, I think we we probably selected the best team um, of the season um, for this game. So obviously, um, y- you know, we have given ourselves the best possible chance. But I, th- I think it'll it'll probably they'll probably just be a little bit too powerful um, up front, um, or, or not even powerful. I just think they'll be a little bit too experienced and, and wily up front, and I think they'll get a couple of tries um, from from that rolling ball, which is such a weapon um, for them. And I think it might just be a little bit too much for us to for us to claw back. But um, yeah, so I think um, reluctantly, I
0: think I'll say Exeter by six. I think we'll claw the losing bonus point. <laughs> well, it would be nice to get a bonus point. We've spoken how difficult they've been to come by for Bath this season, but um, I personally think we're going to get the other type of uh, bonus point, and that is a four try bonus point in a win. Um, insane. <laughs> well, well, yes, I, yes, yeah. <laughs> the short is that is yes, I am insane. Um, but yeah. Bath by three for me. Um, I do think Exeter will just scrape that losing bonus point. Um, uh, But yeah, I'm going down there full of confidence. I think we've highlighted a number of areas where uh, Bath can get the upper hand against the Chiefs. and and if we exploit them, and if we get on the right side of the referee, as you say, which will be absolutely key, then I see no reason why we can't go there and cause an upset and turn them over and kickstart the end of this crucial end to Bath's season. Any other points to, that you'd like to bring up, Tom? Before we before we go, oh,
1: I think that's it. I think I think you're spot on. We need to go there with a um, with a with a solid game plan that everyone understands and buy into and uh, buys into. And for me, that is firstly playing the right areas of the field. Secondly. Um, use that set piece um, that's been improving and that we've been talking about, and and, and use the size um, um, and talent that, that that we've got in that front eight. Um, and, and then third, I think just when when we do get opportunities, but we've got to be you know relatively sparing with like choosing the right opportunities at the right time in the right area of the the, the field. Then um, yeah, start to try and um, bring this attacking flair um, um, into our game a little bit more and, and use the threats um, that, that we've got wide. And uh, yeah. Hoping and praying for a Jonathan Joseph hat trick and man of the match performance in front of uh, in front of Eddie Jones.
0: Yeah, I think be clinical when we get in into that twenty t is going to be key. Yeah. Keep our discipline and as you say, Tom, um, keep our keep keep them keep them in the wrong areas to feed keep of the field. Keep ourselves in the right areas of the field it is going to be key, like it is always. But I think especially against Exeter. That just about um, wraps it up here. Um, hope you've enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening. Um, follow us across social media if you don't already. We're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Bath Rugby Plug. Um, and just before we go, uh, we have been posting our, our, our podcast on the Bath Rugby supporters page. Um, so thank very much if you did find us on there. And we really hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you haven't uh, sort of checked that page out or, or if you're not familiar with that page, then I really would recommend doing that. Um, it's a great sort of forum for, for Bath fans to sort of have conversations about Bath rugby with other Bath fans and sort of... Um, give their opinions uh, on the boys in blue, black and white, because we have a great forum doing this uh, weekly to talk about our opinions. But that's a great forum for for, for fans to do so as well, like us, fans to do so as well. So do check that out um, on Facebook, Bath Rugby Supporters. Um, It's really great. Uh, It's a really great thing. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back on, on Tuesday morning, in your ears on Tuesday morning, with a review of the game we've just previewed. I promised you that I'd get it right in the end. Thanks for listening. Um, Thank you, Tom. Cheers, mate. Enjoy the game. And enjoy the game, all Bath fans.